You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And we're coming back again into your ears during the COVID-19 scare for a 90s, I guess. Is this a 90s uh, disaster movie? 90s disaster movie, 90s alien movie, 90s thriller, kind of a little bit of everything, a mishmash of what was popular in 1998. Yeah, and we're coming at you with Sphere. Warner Brothers presents the movie event of the year. We think there's an unknown life form on this spacecraft. 1,000 feet below. So you're saying the spacecraft crashed 300 years ago? In the most alien environment on Earth. Look at the size of that thing. A new kind of terror. It's reflecting everything but us. Is taking shape. From author Michael Crichton. It's human. You think this is coming from the sphere? It's an American spaceship. It can't be an American spaceship. It's 300 years old. This is a first. You are now online with an alien intelligence. Why won't you answer me? Did you go inside the sphere? He didn't tell you what's inside the sphere, did he? If we've made you angry... Dustin Hoffman. That's not me! Sharon Stone. I'm not crazy! Samuel L. Jackson. You afraid of dying, Norman? I'm not gonna die here. Sphere. A Barry Levinson film, rated PG-13. Sphere. Beer. I mean, sphere. I mean, I need to drink beer to get through the sphere movie review. I didn't like it, so I'm going to let everyone know. I'm going to be this kind of guy. I'm going to be the want-want guy. But that's okay. (laughs) You can't love them all. Yeah, that's right. No, we we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't love them all. Yeah. yeah, we cracked into 1998 Sphere for no other reason than like, why not? There wasn't any reason we decided to go with this one. It was just random. Yeah, and then we got a star-studded random disaster alien whatever movie. Oh, man, I this movie must have cost a lot. It looks like it does. It absolutely looks like it does. It's a big movie. It's a Warner Brothers release. It was 1998. I remember the trailers for this. I remember seeing them a lot uh, when this was coming out. Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Sam Jackson, Queen Latifah, like uh, Peter Coyote, Lee Schreiber. Big cast. (laughs) I love the ensemble cast of the 90s, especially when you look back at them and then you get someone like like, uh, Shriver in this. He's not a huge star, but he's definitely a star. Yeah, and I mean, he has his own show. You know, he's got a Showtime show uh, that I've never seen, and I don't really know what he's seen, but it lasted forever. (laughs) Every time someone brings it up, I always hear really good things about it, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that... I've never seen one episode. It's on Showtime. I don't have that. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like there's an entire universe of Showtime shows... Like billion, like billionaires or something, whatever that was called, billions. The movie with or the, the show with Paul Giamatti. Like that's why he's okay. not, yeah, in yeah. as many movies now it's because Showtime's got him. And I'm like, damn that's you, true. you took you took him from our world because I'm only a movie <laughs> guy. 
It's true. Yeah, yeah I'm never going to watch any of the the Billions or the Ray Donovans or any of these shows that any of these actors are in. I like all these actors, but I'm never going to watch any of these shows. Yeah, good luck. I mean, the only way I'd ever get that is if it was free. And by that, I mean stealing someone's account. <laughs> yeah. But back into Sphere here, we got a movie that cost $80 million. And I honestly, and it was written, or at least came from a book, from some guy named Crichton. You ever heard of him? Uh, according to the front cover, it is the best-selling author of Jurassic Park and the Lost World. Yeah, he, he's so well-known that they don't even put his name. Also to- a producer on the movie as well. Like, so he's involved in this one. I always find it funny when, like, all these movies that he pops up on that he wrote, you know, probably forever ago in the 80s. Mm. I was like, what? Uh-huh. Uh, kind of like Stephen King, where his name's just on all these movies. <laughs> like, at least with Stephen King, it's kind of funny because they're like, oh, yeah, we took this short story that was 20 pages long. Yeah, we turned it into a movie. <laughs> at least Michael Crichton gives you an entire book. I I would bet. You know, this is still five years after Jurassic Park. This was probably Sphere is probably the pro, the came from the mass buying up of every Michael Crichton property anyone could get their hands on uh, in the 90s. So that is I, I am assuming how this movie came to exist is that like it was probably during a buying frenzy of all of his properties. Mm-hmm. And then Warner Brothers is like, fuck it, we'll do it. We'll give you 80 million dollars. Figure it out. We want another Jurassic Barry, Park. Barry Levinson. They brought in Barry Levinson, a big, big, big deal director. Like I would say, like, uh, you know, kind of like a Ron Howard level director uh, to do this movie. So this is, you know, it's got some got some names behind it besides the stars. Yeah. And he is all over the place with his movies. You know, like he's done movies like, well, obviously Rain Man is uh, one of the ones he's known as. But, but then you start looking at a lot of his filmography and you get stuff like toys with robin williams yeah. sleepers donnie brasco i mean okay i guess sleepers and donnie brasco kind of have the same you know like dark thriller type movies but then you look at movies that he produced like toys i don't know if he actually directed toys with robin williams Have you ever seen that movie? i think he did yeah i love that movie i think it's a wonderfully bizarre movie i think he did direct that one well, I'm saying the same thing with Envy in the future that he did, which was, you know, like a an epic disaster. I don't know if you've ever heard about that one. Yeah. Jack Black. Uh, yeah. Also not a good movie either. Also just yeah. kind of a bad movie. Yeah. Jack Black, Ben Stiller, where it's just like cost $40 million and made like $6 million. I, I That is one of the my all time favorite just disaster ones where you're like, how did you fuck up Ben Stiller and Jack Black <laughs> in 2004? Oh, I know. Yeah. You made a fucking awful movie, that's how, and a terrible script. Yeah, just probably didn't, just churned it out, just didn't even think about it. But, uh, yeah, it definitely, like, an interesting career. And, like, Sphere and I feel like The Bay are a couple, or is only two kind of tap dances into the genre here. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a sci-fi guy, in my opinion. Like, Wag the Dog, Sleepers... Bugsy, those type movies, Rain Man, he does those movies exceptionally well. Right, right? No, that's his forte. But, you know, maybe he was just the type of guy who wanted to be like, maybe like a Ron Howard, and he wants to do it all. 
Yeah, and that's that's the vibe I get from him. But uh, yeah, he's he really hasn't. Uh, uh, you know, up into Sphere, he hadn't done a genre movie. And he, but yeah, like I said, since he's done The Bay, but that's about it. He did The Natural. Holy shit, this guy does do everything. He even got baseball <laughs> into it. That's that's really a good morning Vietnam. Holy fuck, they just keep coming. <laughs> he's he's a working he's a working director for sure. Uh so he likes he likes his uh his dramas, his thrillers, his military baseball. Okay, all right. I get you. I got you. I like it that you do, you go all over the place. I think that's cool. I don't think this one worked out, but that's fine. Uh you survived <laughs> it cuz this thing bombed. Yeah, every Everybody came out unscathed, though. Everybody still worked after this. Oh, yeah. I mean, does anything stop Samuel L. Jackson? No, nothing. He cannot be stopped. Oh, man. $80 million budget and only made 37 worldwide. Woo! Ouch! Yeah, that's a hit. That's a bit of a hit. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a dent in your career. Except for Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. He's like, fuck it. I'm made out of adamantium. I'm that, that fake shit that Wolverine has in his body. Nothing will stop me. <laughs> Even Dennis True. Hoffman until later in his career. Because didn't he have like yeah. a sexual assault thing go on? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think he turned out to be a, a, a grab asser. So he uh, he doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yep, that's the one thing nowadays. You're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You gambled all your money away? We don't care. You owe, you owe the IRS money? We also don't care. You grab, whoa, you did what now? That's the shit where you're too far. We're cutting you out. We don't watch you anymore. Yeah. Goddamn grab assers. Let's get past that. Let's pretend like this is, uh, you know, Dennis Hoffman in his good days, even though he still was br- probably pretty bad here. <laughs> you want to talk about this box? You want to talk about this box here? Oh, yeah. We've got the 90s floating heads. Yeah, we got Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Samuel L. Jackson, their names above the title, and they're floating heads in like a black nothing. And then uh, a little space station, uh, under underwater space station, uh, very small picture above the uh, title sphere. Uh, and like I said, it's from the best-selling author of Jurassic Park in the Lost World. And our tagline is, terror can fill any space. Yeah, if I didn't look at the tagline here, this looks like a utopia underwater movie. Yeah, absolutely. A world under the sea type thing. Yeah, because it doesn't, this doesn't give me, like I said, get rid of the tagline here. And this could be like, oh, underwater adventure. I, but I think, I don't know. When you add the, when you add the tagline though, like the terror can fill any space, you see these actors and then you see the underwater thing. I think that would be enough, though, for me to pick this movie up blind. I'd probably be like, okay, so they're going to do like an underwater horror thing like with these guys. I'll I'll check this out. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't think I would. I just look at this and it looks like generic action. Actually, they don't even look like they're having fun. So maybe it kind of comes off a little bit like a thriller when you look at their faces. Very serious. Yeah. Yeah, they're very serious in this for sure. Uh, and even when you flip over to the back, the pictures of them, it's just the three of them again and various, like looking towards the camera, looking serious. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you don't have a giant uh, blockbuster sticker over this? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. So, like, out of these actors, that Sharon Stone, it says Sphere, nineteen ninety eight. Sharon Stone, December seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Price doesn't say. <laughs> it has a giant barcode. Blockbuster video. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this, I remember this lining the walls of the blockbuster when this came out, though. I remember this was a big one they pushed in their, in the rental. Oh, yeah. It's, well, they're probably desperately trying to make their money back. Absolutely. And, you know, they could put the actors, their big draw actors, front and center on that cover, and they just puke these out into the blockbusters. They were everywhere. Yeah, who's our quote here by Jan? I can't even read that. Janet something, the New York Times. Janet Maslin, New York Times. Uh, rich in techno thriller, a solid thriller, or techno terror, a solid thriller directed with sustained tension. Yeah, that is that is some of the tiniest text I've ever seen in the back of a video. All right. Yeah, even the even the yeah. our description that I'm going to read in a sec is really, really small. Um, I'm I'm looking at this. You're talking about the blockbuster thing. I'm looking at my VHS of it here, which is a used copy that I probably bought for like a quarter or a dollar from like a thrift store or whatever. But I'm looking at it now, and it looks like this fucking thing has never been watched ever or touched. There's like no fingerprints on it. There's no stickers on it. This thing is in like pristine condition from a thrift store. And I got a feeling somebody probably just had a copy of it when they were passing them out in 1998 and never even watched this thing. So mine was still sealed, unwatched. Uh, and then when I took it out, you know, you could see the little bit of white plastic before the film had start on the right side. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the first time it was ever watched. The tape was really good. Uh, so at least they put it on nice tape. Oh, yeah, the movie looked great. It, it didn't look like cheaper, uh, like they were trying to condense it because it's a long movie. It's a, it's a two hour and 15 minute movie, but it looks great. Like they used, they used the appropriate amount of tape for it. They didn't cheap us on this one. Thanks, Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys don't know what Sphere is about, here's our description uh, from the back. Far below the surface in the mid-Pacific, U.S. officials isolated what, me what may be the greatest discovery in human history. They found a huge spacecraft that plunged into the depths 300 years ago. What is the spacecraft's origin? After three centuries, could there still be living intelligence aboard? Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, and Samuel L. Jackson portray members of an elite underwater team charged with finding the answers in S Sphere, the deep water, deep suspense science fiction adventure directed by Barry Levinson and based off the bestseller by Michael Crichton. From its tense forays into submerged world to a progressive layering of eerie events, Sphere shapes a new dimension and thrills, and it brings the underwater squad face to face with a mysterious terror as near as their own thoughts. Uh, an elite underwater team? Bullshit. None of these people had ever been underwater before they got here. It is uh, a team of people uh, that Dustin Hoffman's character has bullshitted uh, in a report that could help out in a situation like this. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get into this, when we start talking about this movie. Uh, but we got to get past the uh, quite a bit of trailers that Warner Brothers has provided us with. Yeah, they they never skimp uh, on trailers. So uh, especially at this time, 1998, when like the tape market and the DVD market was just starting and the tape market was like exploding. Yeah, we get we get tons of trailers around this time. <laughs> Coming soon to home video. Yeah, they don't they don't mess around. So we got to start this. This is uh, Warner Brothers starts out with the 75 years of uh, what is it, 75 years of video collection. 
I guess that's what this was called. Yeah, it's a col- yeah, it's a collection of like they say like nine nine ninety five or whatever for these classic uh, Warner Brothers movies, and it's a mix of like new and old stuff from them. It's another clip show. Yeah, we had Mel Gibson. They they went through Lethal Weapon, Conspiracy Theory, and Maverick, and then surprisingly, mm. the next I did not know Warner Brothers would push Steven Seagal. The nineties, man, what you a know, different time. I think he was still popular at this time. I think he was still selling tapes at this time. Yeah, and it was Under Siege 2, Glimmer Man, which I don't even know what that is, and Fire Down Below. Yeah, Glimmer Man, I only know because it used to be on TNT all the time, and it had Keenan and uh, Ivory Wayans in it. So that's all I remember from that one. Yeah, I, I've never seen that, never even heard of it. And then uh, to end it, we had Clint Eastwood in Outlaw, The Outlaw, Josie Wells. Which uh, they're and then their main one that they were pushing, which was the re-release of Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon with unseen, never seen before clips. I do remember when that came out and they pushed that hard. Yep. That was a big deal when that that re-release Enter the Dragon came out. I remember that. Yep, I do too. That was huge. That was actually probably the first time I'd ever seen that. Was the re-release push? I've still, I've still never seen that movie. I've never seen it. Wow, and you call yourself. A VHS fan. Who are you? Yeah, I need to get the I need to get the the clamshell uh, collector's edition of uh, Enter the Dragon to yeah. watch it because that's that's the one. Yeah, it's <laughs> the one where it probably has never before scenes at the end after the credits. I assume that's where they put them. Yeah, some of these uh, you put them in front of the movie, which is so stupid because it's like you do realize there are people that haven't seen this before, right? <laughs> I know, and you ruin the momentum of getting into the movie. Yeah. Because then if you ever want to watch the movie again, you have to fast forward through everything. Right. Jerks. They got to think these things through. <laughs> uh, okay, then we start. Oh, I noticed there was a lot of Stallone in these Warner Brothers 75 years, but they didn't actually highlight a Stallone movie. But I definitely... I wonder if they know. have different... Yeah, sorry. What were you going to say? I d- oh, you it ahead. looked like one of them was the um, Tango and Cash. Yeah, because I saw Kurt Russell in there with him. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's like one of these where they do, you know, they have like three or four of them. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think uh, I feel like if you bought one of the Stallone movies, you probably get a Stallone montage with it. You buy one of the Batman movies, you get a Batman montage with it. You know, like I definitely think they like catered to what you were purchasing. Yeah, I could see that. That that seems. Like it would be something that they would do. And then next we had U.S. Marshals. Uh, this was a whole other trailer, not part of the 75 years. We had U.S. Marshals. Yeah, this was in- with Tommy Lee Jones and Wesley Snipes. Never seen it. I'd watch it, though. Yeah, I've never seen it all the way through. I always felt like this was one I always like came across on like HBO or something. Yeah, I remember it being on TV a lot, but no, never saw it. Then we had Fallen with Denzel Washington, John Goodman, and Donald Sutherland. I always like this one. I love this movie. Yep. Yeah, I love that movie. It's super fun. Super fun. Another one I watched on TV all the time. Oh, and then we had The Postman. Oh, boy. I've never seen this, but I feel like I'm about... I am... uh, I'm one more uh, month of quarantine away from doing a Costner marathon, though. uh, Because I'm so curious... I'm so curious about all these weird big budget movies he did, like the Water Worlds, which I have seen, but like I've never seen the Postman. I've never seen what's the he did like a third one around this time too with uh, 
uh, a big budget that bombed. I don't remember, but like the, uh, the I, I think I think I'm a I think I'm another month of quarantine away from a Kevin Costner marathon of the weird movies he like directed. Yeah, he did so many in the '90s, like Tin Cup, The Perfect Game, or whatever that the San Rami baseball one was. Oh, for love of the game! For love yeah. of the game, yeah. And that's one I've not seen in a long time. I don't remember what that was. But yeah, what was the other? He did, didn't he? Have three bombs. He had after Dances with Wolves and Robin Hood. Yeah, he did the Postman. Oh God, he did the Bodyguard '92. Man, he had a lot of hits in the early '90s. Holy shit! It's hard to find all the stuff he did because he did so much. Yeah, I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting. That's like a. a legendary kevin costner bomb but like i definitely want to see the postman just to see you know what kind of disaster it was <laughs> well he had wyatt earp water world and the postman did wyatt earp do good or bad because that's one i've, never, I've never seen so i'm wondering if i've never seen either yeah 63 million dollar budget worldwide gross of 25 so that's it it's wyatt earp Waterworld and the Postman. Yeah, I'm due. We're going to do Kevin Costner Marathon one of these days. <laughs> oh, good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> I'll check in from the other side of that. Uh, what are you even going to start with? Silverado? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's got so many fucking movies. <laughs> I know. Dude works. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, Zero Effect with Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller. Never heard of this. Kind of interested. Uh, I always heard that this was re- I, I remember hearing that this one was really good and like was kind of a cool sleeper, uh, but I've never seen it, but I've always heard good things about it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Look that up. Dark City was next, which we've personally reviewed on this uh, podcast. We've covered at length. Yes. Uh, then we had childhood hunger promo with Samuel L. Jackson. It was called Fast Forward to End Hunger. Hello, I'm Samuel L. Jackson. Childhood hunger in America is no fiction. Day after day, millions of kids in the United States feel the pain of an empty stomach. Hungry kids can't concentrate in school. Hungry kids can't play on the playground. Hungry kids can't grow to their full potential. The video industry, along with Fast Forward to End Hunger, is spearheading a campaign to make childhood hunger a thing of the past. Join the fight. Help make sure that in our country, fiction is stranger than truth. Join your local video retailer in the video industry in ending childhood hunger in America. Visit your video store today and make a donation or call 1-800-590-9915. Thank you. This is one of those things, one of those weird things you can only get when you buy a tape. Uh, this is this is one of our like kind of things we look for in these like these weird little promo yep. things. Uh, and this one was more of a bummer. It wasn't like T-shirts uh, like we usually like to see or whatever. This one's more of a bummer one. But like I do love these weird little uh, movie tie-in promo things that are before the movie on some of these tapes. And this is this one it has Sam Jackson reading off some cue cards about uh, world hunger. Yeah, and it looks shady as shit because it says like give your uh, give your donation to your video store, and I'm like, uh, fuck that! <laughs> I ain't giving those guys my money. <laughs> like maybe if it was Blockbuster, but mm, I ain't giving a mom Paul my money. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're using that to get the next round of spheres. <laughs> and then uh, inside tracks, oh yeah. It, it, these are something too part of the '90s that you can't get anymore, where they advertised CDs. And this one ever. Right. I loved this one. 
I seen this one before. I had definitely because the Madonna track that had just came or the Madonna CD that just came out. Yeah, I think I think a couple of these inside tracks are on a lot of the Warner Brothers titles from like 97 through 99. Mm-hmm. Uh but this was this is the first one I had seen in a long time. This is probably one of the first ones I've seen since the 90s. Like just whatever tapes I've been watching since haven't had these on there. Uh so this was the first one I'd seen in the, in a few years and it was uh it was it was pretty funny. It was pretty it was a nice little throwback uh to the past and like to see to see too like what songs mm-hmm. and artists kind of lasted and which ones didn't it's like oh matchbox 20 you had a nice career after this some of these other folks didn't do anything after this yeah someone <laughs> called elena davis huh yep don't know And she was the second one mentioned after madonna and then you know we got jimmy page yeah. and, and robert plant everyone knows them and then some band called, but I didn't know they did a CD together <laughs> in the nineties though. That was news to me. <laughs> and then, uh, some band called LSG. Uh, I don't know what that is. Yep, don't know. Um, and then at the end, it ends, you know, at Matchbox 20 and then ends with Eric Clapton. And of course, go to www.ear1.com to, uh, see other musical performances coming out soon. I remember in the AOL days looking that up with a website. Like to watch the music videos not load on my Windows ninety eight. Oh, really? I I don't think I ever went to uh, ear one dot com. I don't even know what that is. But I definitely remember sometimes when I would rent a video. Anytime one of these you know websites would come up, I would go to them. The Full Moon one is the most popular yeah. in my mind. Yep, that Geo site. I remember. Oh, it. Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> All right, it's time for our feature presentations. And now. Our feature presentation. Fear the giant Michael Crichton movie. When you said that Dustin Hoffman basically bullshits an entire team, you really mean it. Secrecy's critical, Norman. You made that explicit in your report. What report? ULF. I wrote that for the Bush administration. <laughs> and that's our Bible here. Every jot and tittle. But that was a report about a possible encounter with an alien being. Yeah, he he writes a a report where they're like, hey, what what would we do if aliens showed up? And he writes like a bullshit report because he's like, aliens aren't going to show up. And then aliens show up and then he has to like bullshit this team of people who probably shouldn't be underwater together, uh, be underwater together and take a look at an alien ship that is housing an alien sphere. Yes. And before we get into the bullshit of how quickly they trained to get into deep water. Well, did you catch who the helicopter pilot was? Uh, Huey Lewis. You're damn right. Good eye. <laughs> Huey Lewis. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. That was interesting. Yeah, I did a double take. I go, what? Huh? Is that? That is Huey Lewis. What the fuck? <laughs> Essentially just a cameo for funsies. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he was just friends with someone. Uh, I don't know. That's odd. I bet he's friends with Barry Levinson, and he was just like, hey, you want to come in and do this small part and fly this plane or whatever? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. Cool. Who am I acting with? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Awesome. Never met him. <laughs> Let's hang out. He grabbed my ass. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, well, at least he grabs everyone's ass. Equal opportunity grab ass. Yeah, I don't want to minimize what he did. I just, like, I feel awkward that now I forgot that he did all this shit. Yeah, he's he's one that a little bit got away with it. Uh, he doesn't really work anymore, but like we don't, we're never like, ah, oh, Dustin Hoffman, gross. Like 
like we are with like Kevin Spacey or something like that. But it's like, no, he he still did something he shouldn't have. So we should uh, hold him accountable. Yeah, I just don't know how big it was or how much. You know what I mean? Like, do I, is it like, a, oh, I'm so disappointed in you? Or is it like, oh, fuck, you should be in jail, son. Like, which, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think it was roofies. I don't think it was like a Bill Cosby thing. It was just grab ass and it was just like being gross. <sighs> man, that's what bros do in college. What the fuck, old man? You should have known better than that. Don't, don't do that. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Like. Just be a nice, normal Moving person. Moving on to someone that never does anything wrong, Samuel L. Jackson as Harry, who is a... Is he a mathematician? Yeah. Yeah, he's the mathematician on the group. Yeah. That's interesting to have someone so charismatic be the mathematician. I'm not saying anything bad about mathematicians. Oh, great. Now we're going to get those emails. But... I'm just saying, I'm surprised he's not more of like a, I don't know why, I'm surprised they don't have a soldier down here or something like that. You know, someone with a little bit, maybe it's because he just didn't have much of a personality in this. Nobody really does. Like, I don't know these characters beyond their caricature. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who Sharon Stone is beyond her past that they mentioned. I don't even remember. I don't know who Sam Jackson is. She, she, she was, uh, she like got locked up for a while as like, uh, mentally unstable. But I don't know what her character's job is. Like, I I forgot. No, exactly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's the only story we get. It's like, oh, she got locked up for a while. She went to, she was mentally unstable and now she's working again. And it's like, okay, but like, what about this character? No, no. <laughs> what are her interests? Who is she? Because that really it tells you about how memorable a film is. I watched this probably about two weeks ago, and I remembered that Dustin Hoffman was a therapist, I think. Mm-hmm. So he made mm-hmm. up this giant story, which I thought was funny. That he's like, yeah, you need a mathematician, and then you need a blank and a blank. And I forgot. And then I know Sharon Stone's one of them, and, and Liv Schreiber is one of them. I don't know what they are, though. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, I don't know what the I forget their titles, but basically each of them is like super smart. Mm-hmm. All of them are like super smart. Like uh, one of them may be an engineer. Well, somebody's an engineer. Sure. Uh, either Sharon Stone or Leif Schreiber is an engineer. Uh, they're all super smart. They're all like. Kind oh, of like, she's a she's a, a, like, a hermitologist or what is that? Uh, that studies plants and stuff or aunt. No, wait. Or is she a. An animal. Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> She's a marine biologist and he and Leif Shriver's an engineer. Okay. See, we, we got, got there. there. We got there. I mean, it's, it really didn't. We it may yeah, not be we right, but totally we, we figured it out. Uh, and if we're wrong, cue uh, the clip to prove that we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So they, they're the experts, quote unquote, that uh, go down to check out this thing. And I would honestly say of everybody in this, Leif Schreiber is the most fun to watch because he's like super neurotic and like doing like the early Leif Schreiber thing uh, that he was doing in his career uh, back in the 90s. And I love watching it. It's fun. I like I like him in this movie a lot. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Schreiber and Sharon Stone. Schreiber's character, Ted, has the personality at the beginning. And then Beth has the personality towards the end where she's kind of like defending what was going on in her life, you know, where I'm like. Yeah, she was having a hard time, and she made a mistake. Leave it alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I kind of felt for yeah. her. She had she made a mistake. Fuck. She took some pills. Shit happens. 
She's fine. It'll make her stronger. She's the one that figures it all out and like basically has it all work out for them at the end of the movie. She's the only one that actually has her yeah, shit together. For a movie that's so long, there are large chunk of the, chunks of this movie where I just kind of not a full blackout, but a Matt Stork brownout. Where I'm like, eh, yes, I, I don't know what happened. Overload a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'll say, like, overall, like, I was actually surprised how much I liked this movie. Not to say I loved this movie or anything like that, but, like, I was going in with pretty low expectations, and I was actually pleasantly surprised to be pretty entertained. I can't tell you everything that happened in it, but I sat and watched the whole thing, and I wasn't on my phone, and I wasn't, like, doing anything else. I just sat and watched the movie. But, you know, I, I didn't think it was great, but it was pretty entertaining and i was surprised how much i kind of liked it yeah can you explain to me everything that kind of happened with this because they go down into this ship after they hysterically train to go deep water diving whatever we'll call this and they're just like oh a couple days of training i'm sure you're fine let's put you down there yeah they go they basically go down there and then like they find the spaceship and they have like their little area they've set up for themselves and they uh they find the sphere and it's just a giant golden sphere in the middle of this thing that uh if they go into it can manifest their thoughts and fears into reality and so then the rest of the movie is sort of them being paranoid because they don't know what's going on and all of sort of these scary things are happening around them like Sam Jackson's afraid of squids and there's a 20,000 leagues under the sea thing where he's reading that. And like, there's a giant squid in there and like Dustin Hoffman's afraid of snakes. So there's a snake thing. Sharon Stone's got her shit together. So she's getting them out of this. Like, yeah, it's a, and that, uh, the kind of the big section of the movie is when they're talking to what they think is the alien that is present in the sphere or whatever. Uh, but it turns out to just be, um, Sam Jackson's inner thoughts or whatever, but they're talking to a computer for a good chunk of the middle of this movie, which I feel like was what the trailers kind of sold. Yeah, this was kind of like the Hal thing from 2001. And it's like, I'm going to kill you. Or like it says creepy things like I want to play with you guys or what, you know, whatever weird shit computers say uh, in these in these computer thrillers. Uh, But uh, yeah, and that's that's sort of our villain until we figure out that the villain is the characters in her thoughts or whatever. And I think a lot of the stuff with the computer in the middle is pretty effective because that's when they kill off a lot of the cast. Uh, we kill off uh, Queen Latifah, Peter Coyote, and Leif Schreiber in that middle section there. And the movie does take a big hit when Leif Schreiber leaves because I'm like, well, he was most interesting. Cue Sharon Stone picking up the uh, the pieces there and kind of carrying us through. But uh, yeah, I th- also thought, too, the uh, deaths, like when those guys die in the movie, pretty fucking gruesome for a PG-13 yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, they didn't pull any punches with them. I mean, he gets burnt to death. Let's see, what was his character? Ted. Ted, the whatever, the mm-hmm. the guy who figures out the code the, based on the language. You think this is coming from the sphere? Don't know. All right, this mission is classified ultra top secret. Anything you translate on there is for my eyes only. <laughs> if you were it, how would you know our alphabet? Same way it's configured on a keyboard, but reflected in an orb spherically. A keyboard, but spherical. Take a keyboard, wrap it around a sphere, then, starting at the center key, G, number the letters spiraling out. 
Dead! Get him in! Got it, Harry. Still got it. Still got the juice. Keyboard. Now you keep those? There you are. All right, Ted. What we gotta do now? Plug in the number. thousand years of recorded history this is a first you are now online with an alien intelligence and mm-hmm. which i thought they that was kind of funny he's like it's like a keyboard but if a keyboard was a sphere i was like how the fuck would you know that <laughs> like, right. what? that right, logic right. jump was huge <laughs> but i was like whatever whatever yeah i don't know how you could be the smartest person in the world I don't yeah. know how you figure that out. And then one. Uh, he he mostly got the language of it correct, but it turns out he was a little bit wrong. He had a few of them wrong, but you know that's okay. He, it only took him two minutes to crack this language, so he's going to make some mistakes. Uh, but yeah, after he yeah. did, after he died, you know, I was kind of like, well, who do I latch on now? And it's a good thing that Sharon Stone was here because I really feel like Dustin Hoffman's character. I really didn't like Norman. You know, I think he's trying to do the, you know, the the point of view of the audience, sort of not knowing what's going on here, being in out, out of his depth, um, you know, sort of blank slating it a little bit, you know, to project ourselves on whatever. But like, he's kind of a shitty dude. Like, he sort of falsified this report. He used Sharon Stone. He's not really a good guy. And he's I know I lead. don't like him. I don't like to lead with, you know, I don't want to follow him. And I don't want him to be the voice of the audience because I don't think he's really speaking for me. And it's right. just like, he's annoying. He says Jerry every other word when he's talking to that computer. He said, if I had to hear Dustin Hoffman say Jerry one more time, I was going to yeah, go he does. He says, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I just do a super cut of that. Oh, God. No. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Queen Latifah goes awfully quick in this, too, which is disappointing. Yeah, she doesn't have anything to do. At the end of the day, do they, oh, don't they choose to forget all this? And it's one of those endings where it's just like, let's erase our minds. Yeah, it's like we have the power. So let's use the power to erase the power type thing. uh, Because they are, after this all goes down and everybody dies and they figure out that it's their manifested fears. Uh, they're, they have the power to manifest whatever they want with their minds. They know the government's going to use them for it or kill them or whatever. Uh, so they decide to forget they can even do that. And that's sort of the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like the, the movie wraps up really fast because they escape, they go to the time. Yeah. It definitely does because it takes, it takes its time for like the first like hour and a half. We're just kind of, you know, we're in the ship, we're in the, the, the world that they've built down there. We're kind of going through the different ships and stuff. We're there with the crew for a long time. And then sort of like the last 45 minutes kind of cover all like the horror genre stuff real fast. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I don't remember. Was this aliens or was this time traveling humans? 
Uh, it's it. The sphere is an alien. The ship was time traveling. Right, so a little bit of both. And right. Sam Jackson keeps right. Sam Jackson keeps saying they're all going to die because the humans from the future that are in that ship uh, have no uh, log of any other humans ever being down there. So Sam Jackson's like, oh, so we're going to die down here. We're all going to die down here, you know. What? What? You see, it's curious. Ted did figure it out. Time travel. And when we get back, we're going to tell everyone how it's possible, how it's done, what the dangers are. But then why 50 years in the future when the spacecraft encounters a black hole does the computer call it an unknown entry event? Why don't they know? If they don't know, it means we never told anyone. And if we never told anyone, it means we never made it back. Hence, we die down here. The whole movie or whatever, but then it turns out they just forget that they were ever down there. So the humans from 300 years in the future, I think it was, uh, go land down there. And that's where the sphere that's an alien ends up in their ship or whatever. But in this movie, when they forget the sphere goes back up into the sky. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What would you do? Would you keep the power or make yourself forget? I would yeah. keep the power. You kidding me? Damn right. <laughs> You're damn right. I'd keep that power. I can manifest anything I want ever with my mind. Yeah. Sometimes I may have nightmares and that might get a little scary. But, like, the rest of the time, yeah, I'm going to be manifesting stuff with oh, my mind. Oh, man, yeah. I I would maybe limit my power. That's what I'd want to do, just in case. Because if I become a douchebag because of the power, uh, I probably should have forgot it. So, you know, I want to I wanna put a governor on my power, so to speak. <laughs> I can only go, like, 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I'd go crazy with that. Yeah, I would, too. I would definitely turn into a bad guy, but, like... Let's be real. I got to have that power. I got to have. If I get that opportunity, I'm yeah, I want to prove to myself <laughs> that I can fuck it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let me fall on my face. With I mean, if anyone goes down because of it, I'll make sure they're all really bad people. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Exactly. I'll be fine. Or at least I think that's so. Really, that's yeah. all that matters. Your opinion is the most <laughs> important thing in your life. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, I don't have much behind the scenes on this. For a big budget film, there's not a lot on it. Yeah, this one isn't like a, you know, this one's never going to get like the uh, Scream Factory treatment or anything like that. There isn't much interest, you know, beyond curiosity, I think, on this movie. Uh, the VHS and the DVD were everywhere when they came out. I do remember that much. And I remember the trailers were being pumped pretty hard in 97. It was going to be like the Warner Brothers big thriller of 98 or whatever. Um, so I do remember all that. But beyond that, yeah, I don't think it ever found its fandom or anything like that. I do. I remember seeing a lot of bad reviews for it. I remember people didn't like it. And that's why I was surprised that I ended up liking it more than I thought I would. Uh, but it's never going to have a second life or anything like that. And they're never going to have any extensive behind the scenes on it because uh, nobody cares. I don't. Yeah, think. I honestly forgot this came out. I don't recall this at all. And like, and you think I'd remember this in the blockbuster, but I don't. I saw it. I saw it when it came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I definitely rented it with my parents because it was a big movie, and they they watched it. I watched it, and I remember thinking, I think the same the same thing as I thought of now. It's fine. <laughs> I remember being like, okay, serviceable underwater. Yeah, thriller. I know fine. Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone 
were kind of verbal of the disappointment on the film. They didn't think it was very good. You know, mm. I remember that. But man, there's not a lot other. I, I thought this was funny that um, Samuel L. Jackson was recording this during the week and then going on the weekends to do Jackie Brown at the same time. Yeah, oh, that's a pretty nice. funny one. But <laughs> other than that, there's a lot of it's just, you know, like uh, some people weren't happy. They felt like the editing of the film was rushed because they had to make a release date. That's really it. There's not a lot on this. There's a lot of like pointless trivia, but yeah, and there that I don't really care about. Yeah, there doesn't need to be a lot on this one. It is what it is. It exists. So, and I and I will I'll say like before we even go into the museum or whatever here, I'll say that like I think there are some people that would like this. If you like like underwater techno thriller things from the '90s, if you like this time period of movies, you'll probably think this is fine. Uh, and you could definitely find a copy of this pretty oh, much yeah. anywhere you go uh on vhs so you know you might like this this still wrapped never touched before for a dollar yeah Yeah. and the only reason it was a dollar is because you just selected whatever you wanted (laughs) and then you know paid so i got movies that were rare for a dollar and i got movies that were easy to pick up like this for a dollar so i'll make that sacrifice yeah and you know what it's you could do a lot worse for a dollar so if you come across it and you think you might like it maybe try it because, you know, you can get it for a quarter or a yeah, dollar somewhere. I mean, Warner Brothers really pumped these out. They did, they did not mess around. They're like, make as many as possible. Yeah, absolutely. If you were not alive during 98 and you're listening to this podcast, trust yeah. us, they were everywhere. All right, let's move on to the museum. <laughs> this is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out like Indy into the film jungle, bringing something back to our museum. What do we got for our 90s disaster slash alien film section of the museum? I feel like this needs an entire section, especially 90s disaster. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to put the uh, the. Death scenes are uh, pretty gruesome in this and uh, pretty graphic for a PG-13 thing. Uh, and they, they do a nice job setting them up and you don't know who's going to go because kind of everybody's it's an ensemble and everybody's famous in the movie. So you don't really you obviously know that the end three are going to be Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone and Sam Jackson, but like because they're on the cover. But the uh, the rest of them, you kind of don't know when they're going to go and how, what's going to happen or whatever. So I want to put the the surprisingly gruesome death scenes. Oh, you're nice. Here. I'm not going to be nice. I'm just, if you're going to, you got to figure something out guys, like edit this better, come up with a better story. I don't know what it was in this, but I felt like the acting was fine. Some of the, you know, Dustin Hoffman's character is boring and he annoyed me, but man, you got to make sure that if you're spending $80 million, this can't be this blase. I just felt like this, there was nothing yeah. like even the end wasn't really big and over the top $80 million film. And your end isn't like over the top and explosive. I mean, I know there was actually explosives. They're like, we've got to leave this entire facility. It's going to blow. But even then I felt their characters were like, Hey, we got time. There's something, there's something very, uh, you know, uh, I guess I I don't know if it's ironic or telling or what it is, but having your main characters all stand around and forget about (laughs) what just took place for the last two hours being the ending of the movie is pretty, uh, 
you know, identifiable uh, for the audience when they step That's out. Probably, probably. most of them they're like, <laughs> yeah, let's just forget about this one, move on. We'll all make a lot of money somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. That'll end yep. it this week. Thanks for coming back during our COVID uh, staying indoors forever streak. Uh, we, we may come out. Yeah. yeah who I'm knows thinking uh, June. I'm just, that's the date. I'm fingers crossing. Hoping June as well. Like uh, May would be great. I know April's not going to happen. May would be great. Uh, but June is what I'm hoping for. Let's 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 get out of here by June, guys. Stay in your fucking house and wash your hands. That's what I'm saying. Stay in your house, watch bad movies, save lives. You'll be okay. All right, that's yes. it. And if you need a job, apparently Amazon's hiring everyone in the world to deliver all the toilet paper. Oh, you know what? I I am one of the people affected uh, in that I have. And I went from having uh, two jobs to no jobs and, uh, you know, side projects like festival film festivals and things like that. Uh, I went from having those to nuns and I still won't work for Amazon. <laughs> I'll figure something well, else. Go out. buy toilet paper <laughs> and then maybe sell them for $10 a roll. I think you can. Uh, apparently that's what I do not get the whole toilet paper thing. It blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, and I stupidly was running out well not stupidly i didn't think this was going to happen i was running out when this all started to happen so thank god my parents had some extra packages at the house because i would be wiping my ass <laughs> with kleenex if that uh, was the no, case it's, it's shower <laughs> that's the procedure <laughs> Or, or that, yeah, which I just don't want to do. <laughs> uh, everyone enjoy that visual. That'll end it this week. Uh, come back next week. We'll do another VHS. Yeah. And remember to be kind. Everyone. And we're out.